Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wim Lou, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors uh, survive against the Washington Wizards in overtime. I'm sorry, I gotta catch my breath. It was one of those kind of games, man. It was so, so intense to watch, um, let alone play this game. But the Raptors, in a must-win game, um, exact some revenge against the Washington Wizards, winning by a score of 116-109 to 109 in overtime. Um, man, like, yeah, my heart is pumping right now. I could have waited a little bit longer to record. No, but seriously, um, that style of game, really, really close. Um, Raptors had a strong fourth quarter, uh, went up double digits through Gary Trent Jr., who was just an absolute bucket from the mid range from three pull up three from Gary gave the Raptors a double digit lead for the first time in this two game series. Uh, and that was the fourth quarter caused Washington to call timeout. But the Raptors, of course, start to go cold. Uh, they don't get a couple of plays going. And all of a sudden, it's a really, really close game right down the stretch. And, you know, Washington's game plan was very clear. Uh, fourth quarter offense, they wanted to go to Bradley Beal having the ball with the lawn right coming to set the screen for Bradley Beal. Eventually, they did throw in a wrinkle. DeLon would handle the ball and Bradley would screen, but essentially the same kind of deal, right? And the idea was they wanted the matchup of Fred Van Vliet guarding Bradley Beal. But I thought Fred Van Vliet did such a good job on that matchup against Beal. Um, number of times stripping him, another times cutting him off, forcing him to pick up his dribble. And the Raptors, even though offensively they couldn't get anything to drop, Fred had two wide open threes down the stretch in the fourth quarter where it was like, if you hit either of those, the Raptors just win the game. Um, you know, they don't get those to drop. Meanwhile, though, the Raptors were able to at least keep Washington at bay. You know, Raptors were up by three points until the final possession where, unfortunately, um, Fred, first off, bodies up Beal once again, forces him to pick up his dribble at the free throw line. No chance to even really shoot anything other than a super contested heave. And the Raptors were up three. So if you wanted Beal to shoot that heave from, from the free throw line area, um, after all that distress from Fred, then go ahead, right? But unfortunately, the Raptors did not do a good job keeping um, their wits about them. Um, the Wizards scrambled around Beal, guys but essentially cutting to try to get open, and DeLon Wright cut from the corner to the top of the floor, and OG, who had switched, because that was the original matchup, right? DeLon being guarded by Fred, and then OG being guarded by Beal. So OG's on Beal for this, uh, OG's on uh, DeLon on this possession on the switch. OG stays in the paint, loses track of DeLon. DeLon makes a smart cut to the top. And even though DeLon Wright is not a great three-point shooter, clearly in this game, he was burning the Raptors with his shot. I mean, this is one of the greatest games I've seen from DeLon Wright, who um, I'm very happy for, by the way. I re really, really like DeLon. Uh, really like this time with the Raptors. Love this style of player. Really crafty, really smart. Um, he's really grown and be more mature as a point guard. But forget DeLon Wright right now. He's the enemy. So um, he cuts up to the top. OG just switches off his brain, doesn't come up to the top. And DeLon knocks down the three. And all of a sudden, it's a tie game. The Raptors um, are unable to do anything about it. And it goes to overtime. And at that point, it felt really terrible, right? Because the Raptors had a double-digit lead. And they just couldn't get it done. And it was heartbreaking to to watch. And to be honest, it wasn't like the Raptors had that much confidence going into that final play. But, um, okay, fine. You get to overtime, right? And, you know, it's, it's a tight one back and forth, back and forth. Um, some good looks not really dropping for either side. But, um, you know, the Raptors were able to finally go up by three. Pascal 
uh, works a little pick and roll uh, with Fred and two defenders go to Pascal. Pascal reverses the ball into the corner for Fred. Fred knocks down the three. Um, I mean, Fred had three wide open looks at three um, down the stretch of the fourth quarter. He missed those and he missed one in the overtime period as well. Those are, I guess, two in the fourth quarter, one in overtime. But this one he knocks down, gives the Raptors a three-point edge, and the Raptors are able to hold on to that edge for a while um, until Washington was able to get two favorable calls, uh, one where Pascal um, shakes Kuzma, but Kuzma falls over, sells the contact, and gets the, the charge call. The Raptors don't choose to review that, although when you see the replay, it was pretty clear. I think Pascal shakes um, Kuzma, gets to his spot, and then Kuzma falls over. I wouldn't call that a charge, but the referees called that a charge. However, the next trip down, Kuzma makes a drive against Pascal in isolation. And given how physical this game was, um, given how uh, the game was officiated on both ends, I, I wouldn't have called that a foul. But the Wizards get the foul call on that play. The Raptors choose to review this time. And um, even though the block up top was clean, there was marginal contact on the shooting elbow, which, look, listen, if you touch the shooting elbow on the way up, it's always going to be called a foul, right? So the referees actually got that right. But two marginal calls. It wouldn't be surprised if that was a no call in, in over the course of the game. But, of course, when you review it, um, of course, that is a foul. So all of a sudden, that cuts it down to a one-point game. And it's really, really tight once again. And, you know, this time the Raptors um, run their offense. I thought um, Gary had a chance to get the ball to Fred in the corner very early in that possession. Porzingis was was helping off in the, you know, at the basket, which is his instinct as a big, and realized the late and jumped out at Fred, except the pass didn't even come. And I was like, damn, we really missed that opportunity. That would have been a really good opportunity. However, Gary runs the pick and roll um, with Scotty screening. Two defenders come up to Gary because Gary had been such a pull-up threat, and especially Gary getting to the mid-range was just an automatic bucket, it felt like. So two defenders converge on Gary. Gary Trent Jr. makes the extra pass. Let me just say that again. Gary Trent Jr. makes the extra pass. Man, that growth in the game, man, you needed that in that moment. Slips it to Scotty, who short-rolled out of that screen. So Scotty was in the middle of the floor. Porzingis. Pulls off of the corner once again because he is a big, always trained to help the basket. And to be honest, Scotty probably would have had a very good look at the basket um, had the rotation not come over. But Scotty sees that, immediately pushes the ball out to the corner where Fred is. And even though Fred didn't get it the first time, he got a better look the second time. Knocked down the three. Raptors go up four. And yeah, at that point, you know, it's really just about playing good defense. It was under a minute left. You have a two-possession advantage. The Raptors don't allow the Wizards to get a good shot. The Raptors go the other way. Um, Scotty with a nice inbound to Pascal. Pascal cuts behind the defense, realizes, oh, I'm open. I think he was expecting the uh, intentional foul, but instead, um, nobody was around him. So Pascal is able to cut to the rim and uh, score, and man... The Raptors escape this game. Not even escape. They win this game. Forget escape, okay? Look, should they have closed it in regulation? Of course. You would have definitely loved to see that, right? You And to be honest, the Raptors got good looks. In the same ball movement process, which the Raptors got Fred open for three in overtime where he knocked down two, uh, was the same process they had in down the stretch in the fourth quarter. They just couldn't get those to drop. It's kind of a make-or-miss league. Meanwhile, you have, you know, some really good shot-making by the Wizards. I mean, damn, the Wizards shot 14 of 24 from three. 58% on the game. Um, 
And a lot of that wasn't even like, okay, you want to understand that Bradley Beal got hot from three because he's capable, or even Kyle Kuzma, or even Porzingis, man. They didn't really let these guys get looks, man. Kuzma got five looks. Some of those were buzzer beaters. Um, Porzingis got two looks. Beal got three attempts. Like, that's great defense. Meanwhile, though, it's the other guys who just kept knocking those down. I mean, so clutch from DeLon Wright, literally sending the game to overtime with one of his four threes on the night. I mean, how many games does a Raptor? We saw DeLon here in Toronto for like four or five years, maybe. How many times did he have four threes in a game, right? And then Corey Kispert, I know he's a three-point shooter. That's what he does. But man, just so automatic, man. I didn't know he, this guy turned into Kyle Korver with how automatic he was. Um, and so he was knocking those down. Man, the Wizards were, you know, they were playing good flow offense until I thought the fourth quarter where it was like, down the stretch, it was it was that Bradley Beal, DeLon Wright, ball screen scenario. No matter who's handling, the ball is going to go back to Bradley. He's going to try to attack Fred. And they ran that. I'm not even kidding. I think they might have ran. I want to go back and count this. They might have ran that like 15 times between the fourth quarter and overtime. Like, it, it was just every single play originated from that. And the occasional times where it didn't go that way, the Wizards actually got decent offense. Um, but I, I, I like the stubbornness from Washington's part. And, and man, it, it was um, it, it was one of those all-hands-on-deck situations, man. The Raptors really needed this game. And, um, you know, I, I think there were contributions to be had from across the board. Um, you know, I, I thought, first off, like, um, this is one of Fred's best games of the season. Uh, I don't even think that's particularly close. Um, you know, he's had more than 25 points in a game. He's had more than 10 assists in a game. But when you look at the overall picture, um, man, I mean, the playmaking in this game was so impressive from Fred. He was really um, looking to get other guys involved early on. Um, You know, he was the guy setting the table. He wasn't really looking for that pull-up three, which he sometimes looks for a lot in in the start of games. Um, But instead, he was looking to playmake and finding guys on cuts the basket, Scotty, Jakob, OG, Pascal, like feeding these guys over and over again, doing the same thing for the second unit as well. Had a great high-low pass to Chris Boucher. Um, And then defensively, I thought, man, it's just like the Wizards really, really wanted to attack Fred. And Fred was just always there with the disruptiveness. Three steals, two blocks. Um, We know what uh, Fred can do in terms of in a crowd. Like, yes, he can... You know, he doesn't have the height, but he really does have a really good knack for swiping the ball away, um, even when it looks like he's beat. And, you know, he was able to have a lot of those tonight, was able to create a lot of deflections and stop Bradley Beal down the stretch. That was why the Raptors were able to actually win this game on the defensive end was because that's all they're looking to attack. And Washington had four points in overtime, and two of those were um, free throws from um, from from uh, Kuzma, right? So, um yeah, man, like, you, you know, you, you, that that was great. And and the playmaking was so important, too, because, like, it wasn't like Pascal was, like, dominating this game. It wasn't like Scotty was dominating this game. Like, those are the other two main creators, and they weren't really able to generate offense at the rate that they were. I thought Washington, for a second straight game, did a great job of showing double teams to Pascal, not letting him play um, the way he really wants to. Had four turnovers, um, you know, yeah, really kept them quiet. I think the bigger thing is just he only had 10 field goal attempts, right? And, um, you know, they weren't really letting him get looks off. Scotty just wasn't really able to find his spots and look super comfortable. However, there were moments where he was able to cut and attack and play within the flow of the offense. Did a great job connecting the play. Six assists for a guy who didn't have the ball that much is really nice. Shows how clever he is with the reads. Um, and outside of, like, um, a behind-the-back bounce pass to Precious Achua, 
um, in traffic in the fourth quarter. Um, which I mean, look, listen, man, you shouldn't throw a pressure to a, a bounce pass like that. Um, unless he knows exactly that it's coming just because we just know that precious is not a guy who is that reliable as a finisher. I mean, there was a stretch there in the, um, there's a stretch there in the, uh, first half where the first four times precious Achua touched the ball after checking in, he fumbled it each time. And actually I think three of those, he might've scored one of those. He was blocked. Actually, no, I think he scored two of those, but he was fumbling the ball all the time. So please do not throw him a bounce pass behind the back in transition like that in a close moment in the fourth quarter where like, yo, you absolutely need all these possessions, right? So, you know, that was that was tough to look at. Um, but overall, I thought Scotty played a great game um, in terms of just connecting the play. I thought his defense was really good too. The Raptors really needed to lock in defensively. I know Washington doesn't look like that good of an offensive team, but they were very clinical tonight. Like they played a really good, good, good game. It's like, okay, outside of the turnovers, which I think the Raptors just did a really great job pressuring the ball and stuff like that. But outside of the turnovers, like Washington was clinical with their chances. When they were open, they made them. It wasn't like the Raptors would leave them open and they would get away with it. That was not happening at all in this game, right? So um, you needed great rotations. I thought Scotty did a great job with that front. You know, he was also assigned to cover, um, you know, uh, Chris Tapps on a lot of these possessions between him and Pascal covering Chris Tapps and, and you know, big, big, you know, uh, assignment there. Also kind of the two of them switching off covering Kuzma as well. And, you know, neither of those are easy covers, especially, you know, given the fact that there was very little help going their way. Um, So, you know, uh, Scotty was contributing as well with his with his playmaking. But, you know, my point was you needed Fred's playmaking at this level in this game um, to keep it afloat for a lot of the first three quarters. And then luckily, um, Gary had gotten going in the first um, half as well. Like it wasn't like he was cold or anything. But it still felt like a lot of these possessions he was getting set up in that fourth quarter stretch. The Raptors were able to run a lot better offense for Gary. And and I was so happy to see that because obviously last react pod, I was like spitting mad. And 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 to be honest, I, I don't feel like that was unfair. Like the Raptors absolutely need these games and for them to come out and trail by 10 the whole game um, was was horrible to watch. And a lot of that was because of the fact that they weren't able to get Gary looks at all. I mean, I think Gary only had two points or two made baskets for four points. But the thing for me was like he had seven field goal attempts and a lot of those felt like he was running pick and roll and trying to like do all that stuff. No, that's not how to get Gary going, right? The way to get Gary going is to get him coming off screens, have him, you know, uh, play with the starters a little bit, driving kicks from Pascal, driving kicks from Fred, driving kicks from Scotty, get him going in that sense a little bit. But then once he's in a bit of a rhythm, you know, start to run those plays where, you know, you have Gary set up on the opposite side of the floor, comes off of one screen, maybe two screens, curls to the ball, maybe a dribble handoff. He's able to get downhill. And listen, against a team like Washington, they play a lot of drop coverage, right? Their bigs want to step back. Their bigs want to protect the rim. And why not? They're they're really good at protecting the rim. Like Porzingis and Gafford, um, they they do a great job of bringing uh, a crowd to the basket. and, And that's legit size that the Raptors would have to contend with. So yes, they want to prioritize protecting the basket like most defenses. Um, however, the price of that is that they are going to sit back on a lot of these drives. And Gary was able to step into a lot of these mid-range jumpers and carry the defense or carry the offense for that second unit. And you know what also surprising to me, speaking of the second unit, I love the way Will Barton competed for the second unit. You won't really notice this you know, when you're looking at the stats, I mean, whatever, a steal and a block in 13 minutes is very good. Um, but you won't necessarily notice this until you watch back on the film. But Will Barton was awesome defensively tonight. 
just absolutely awesome. I thought first off in the second quarter, right, I was really nervous because the starters played the Wizards starters even for the most part. Um, and then the bench started filtering in and I was like, oh, man, like, man, like, you know, what I mean, like just based on how bad the bench was last game, I, I was very nervous. But the bench collectively responded. The group as a whole played much better. Gary giving you a, a game high 26 points obviously really, really helps on that front. Um, and Chris, again, was able to throw in some clutch offense for you. Great hustle plays as well. Um, there was one play where he chased down a rebound, even though the opposing team got the rebound, he chased from behind, poked it free. And then the ball eventually swung back around to Will Barton for three. That's his one made basket. That's his one basket as a Raptor, but you know, stuff like that, right? Chris's hustle was great. Also tossed in a random three in the fourth quarter there to sort of continue to push the lead up to double digits. So that was good, but it was Will Barton's defense. And listen, Will Barton is not known for defense. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, when he was in Denver, like you know, I would say that he was at best a neutral defender, and I, I don't think that Washington really liked his defense when they had him this season. Um, you know, and they all eventually cut him for a guy in you know um, this dude Goodwin. What's his name, man? Jordan Goodwin, um, who who was getting after it on defense, playing really hard as a backup point guard. To be honest, another backup point guard, then I'm like, if he if we had him instead of Malachi in this role, like I think he would do really well. So good fine for Washington. But um yeah, man, Will Barnes defense w- w- was was really, really important. You know, there was a start of the second quarter, uh, the Wizards go for a pick and roll. I think it was with Kuzma and Gafford. And first off, Will Barnes was assigned to cover Kyle Kuzma. Like that's not an easy assignment to cover. We know what Kuzma can do offensively. Um and the Raptors eventually conceded the switch on the play. So Will Barton was stuck on Gafford, but he fought to stay in front of Gafford. And then when the bounce pass went inside to the post, Will was there to step in for the steal. Um, and then, um, you know, you know, got the Raptors out in the break. I don't know if the Raptors scored, but that was a good play on the pick and roll. In the very next play, Will, um, the, the Wizards come back down the floor and Kuzma's trying to initiate the offense. Will Barton presses up on him and, and picks him. And it would have gotten the steal, except the ball, like, you know, eventually rolled out of bounds and he couldn't get around in time, but still really good defense. Right. Um, then you had a play where Will Barton helped defense at the rim for the contest um, to force the miss. I forget who was going for the shot at that time, but it looked to be a layup, except for the fact that a very timely help rotation from Will Barton prevents that. And the Raptors go the other way. Chris Boucher finishes in transition, you know, that kind of stuff where I was like, man. I really didn't think that this, I wasn't expecting defense out of this guy. So that alone would give it, would be enough for a pretty good defensive performance, except for the fact that in the fourth quarter, when Will Barton checked back into the game, once again, um, great defense came over with a help side block right at the rim. So another stop where he, you know, he's able to, to, to create, um, you know, uh, an added possession for Toronto. And then this was for me, like just indicative of what the Raptors are about tonight, right? You had a play where Will Barton is fighting Kyle Kuzma in the post, right? He's just fighting him, fighting him for position. All the Wizards want to do is enter the ball from the wing to the post and try to play through Kuzma a little bit, right? First time they do that, Will Barton tips the entry pass out of bounds, and, you know, Kuzma's looking at him like, all right, man, all right, cool. I, I You know, look, listen, I'm sure they battled in practice. I'm sure he knows his tendencies, right? On the ensuing inbound play, they go to the exact same thing. Kyle Kuzma clear out in the left block, and the inbound goes directly to Kuzma. 
Will Barton fights in position, right, before the inbound's even made. Honestly, he was so physical, I was worried that they were going to call the uh, the foul and give a free throw and then, you know, all that kind of stuff. But no, they didn't call the foul. Good hard defense, right? They input the ball to Kuzma. Barton immediately puts him under pressure. A double team comes, and Will, and then Kuzma throws the, the, the pass out of the double team. But he's under so much pressure that he throws a bad pass between two Wizards, and Gary Trent's able to run in between the two guys, pick off the pass, and... You know, not that this is a given, um, but it should be. Gary Trent's able to finish, um, you know, the transition layup going the other way on the fast break. And I say, I say all this to say, Will Barton had three points tonight, but I loved his defense. And that shows you what this game was about. Raptors had to fight in this game. This is a playoff-style game. This is not even a playoff style. This is a play-in-style game, all right? Forget playoff style. This is a play-in-style game. And I need to see that kind of toughness from your guys who show that urgency and to bring some leadership in that group. Gary, obviously, was great on the offensive end. Chris was hustling. Precious, I still think he could do so much better. I know he's a plus 17. That's thanks to Gary Trent Jr. and Will Barton. Precious was not making plays in this game. And once again, I'm worried about him. I need him to be a big contributor for the Toronto Raptors. He has a big role to play. He is your backup defender off of the bench for OJ Ananobi, who played 39 minutes tonight, and you needed him to do that. Even though he was 2 of 11 from the field and 0 of 6 from 3, you needed his defense on the floor tonight. Um, but you need Precious to be his backup because OG is going to need to come out of the game. Jacoparo is going to need to come out of the game. And if it's going to be Thad Young at center, as we saw tonight, Thad Young at center for like the two minutes he played in the first half at that center spot, the Raptors gave up a play at the rim, either layups or fouls, every single time. And it's not to say that it's all Thad Young's fault. It's not his fault. He just can't physically do it. You need to have somebody who's able to bring some more defensive presence, a, a chance to shot block, you know, some physicality, rebounding on that front as well, that energy, and you need Precious to do it. And today, Precious, once again, you know, whether he's down on Corey Kispert for threes or or he's getting guys to run through him at the basket, like uh, Jordan Goodwin, you know, runs through him at the basket. And it's like, yo, I'm not expecting, you know, Precious Achua at 6'8 to block every shot. But at the same time, when you're talking about a guard, like, you know, a 6'3 guard like Goodwin, who seems to have decent athleticism, but regular guard athleticism, and he's just going through you at the rim for layups? Like, we need Precious to be so much better than this. And whatever Nick Nurse needs to do to find that, he's going to have to do it because you cannot actually cut Precious from the rotation. You can limit his minutes. You can extend the minutes for OG, for Scotty. Luckily, for a team full of 6'8 guys, you have you know depth at the 6'8 position. But you also need Precious to play a big role for you. And right now, he's not doing it. You need to find a way to get him going. Um, and then offensively, I mean, there was a play where Precious was wide open at the free throw line. Like, nobody within 10 feet of him. And he turned down the shot. Now, you might say, well, look, you know, mid-range jumpers aren't really a good shot. Okay, that's a contextual kind of thing. Yes, just like, yes, overall, I don't want to see Precious Achua taking a bunch of mid-range jump shots. However, when you're talking about late shot clock, like this is 10 seconds left on the clock. Like, yes, you have enough time to run another play, but you have Precious Achua wide open at the free throw line with nobody around him. At, at for 10 seconds left, I'm cool with him taking that shot. If he's in rhythm, which he was, if he has some confidence, which he obviously did in this case, take that shot. But instead, Precious turns down the shot, gets stuck, the defense converges, he swings it out to Pascal, Pascal tries to attack on the wing. Obviously, having seen Precious just turn down the most open look possible, um, his man, in being Chris Hasperzingas, goes over to double Pascal. Pascal manages to get the pass out of the double team to Precious. This is three seconds left now. And the Precious throws up a contested runner that doesn't fall. Take the shot. Get him 
confident, find him a spot, whatever it is, get him, sit, sit him down for a film session. You need to get uh, Precious Achua back on track. He can be so much better than this. And I know I'm harping on it from game to game, but he has a big role to play for this team and he's not doing it right now. And you do not, you, you just need to find a way to get him going. The rest of the guys I'm actually pretty happy with. Yaka Proto, once again, pretty happy with them. Great screens, play and roll. And when the Raptors needed to, you know, finish the game strong, they were able to, to do so, right? The Wizards decided, okay, we're going to close small. Right. Instead of Daniel Gafford, who was in the starting center, you know, instead of him in the starting and in, in the finishing group, we want uh, Corey Kispert for extra shooting. And Corey Kispert wasn't able to knock down four threes tonight. OK, so, you know, the Raptors then responded and said, OK, fine. You want to do that? We'll close with Gary and we'll we'll play small and we'll take Yaka Pertl out. Now, of course, it was dicey because Yak was able to make a lot of plays for you. But at the same time, you know, you also need a Gary's three point shooting. And honestly, even Gary with the playmaking at the very end to set up Fred's three. It was him drawing the double team and making the pass out of that. So, you know, a good move on that front. But, you know, guys are playing their roles for the most part. You know, OG, like, obviously last game he was great. This game wasn't even like the Wizards cut off too much of his offense. Like, there wasn't as many, like, opportunities for him to cut back door or even play post-ups or stuff like that. But, you know, I thought OG got good looks. 0 of 6 from 3 is just is just tough to see, right? Um, but I thought defensively, you know, he always gives you a good effort. Although in this game he did have crucial mistakes, in this game, there was a play where he miscommunicated with um, with Jakob Pertl down the stretch in the fourth quarter on a Porzingis dribble handoff. And Porzingis sees the lane clear because neither guy actually sticks with them. They're too worried about Beal getting the, the handoff. And Porzingis drives down the lane for a dunk. And this is like two minutes left. Can't have that, right? So you, you did have defensive breakdowns. But overall, obviously, OG knows his role. I'm not worried about him in the slightest, you know, and and... and Chris is hustling. Will Barton's apparently playing great defense. I mean, he's more known for his offense, and, you know, we're going to have to see more of that as well. Um, he hasn't really felt, to me, watching him, that empowered to sort of take his shots. Um, but I think there is definitely, a, you know, a track record of him playing good offense. But today, I'll, I'll take the defense, man. I love good defense. And then even Gary, like, look, as long as you run plays for him I, I, and, and don't just ask him to play pick and roll and give him the Lou Williams playbook, you can trust that he can do it. I love the fact he had four assists tonight as well. I'm definitely going to look at the tape of that because, you know, seeing 26-5-4 and four for Gary is just, it's like seeing a, you know, it's like seeing a, I don't know, a, a thunderstorm inside of a blizzard, which is what we got in Toronto yesterday. Um, but yeah, everyone was doing good and they did and they played well as a team. Cause again, like we've seen wins this season where Pascal's awesome. He has a triple double and 30 points and no one can stop him. He goes to the free throw line. He's kicking and setting guys up for threes and you, and you just win on that front. We've seen games this season where Fred has been super, you know, efficient offensively and he's scoring huge numbers and dragging the guys with them. We've seen games where Scotty Barnes takes over in the fourth quarter and he drags them to the finish line. But this game tonight was was kind of unique. They had to sort of coach their way through it. They had to execute their way through it. They had to fight their way through it. And overall, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the result. Like, you know what? I expected both games to be like this. And I think that's why I was so disappointed in the first game. The fact that the Raptors rolled over right away and, you know, had to fight back and then lost momentum and, and just, you know, played the way they did. We don't want to rehash it, right? But at the same time, that was very disappointing. I loved how they played today. And even look, even today, the Raptors, same same thing as the first game, right? Missed a bunch of open looks on their end. And then off defensively, Kristaps Porzingis goes on a 7 nothing run and it's 7 nothing. Just like in the last game, it was Kyle Kuzma won on a 10 nothing run. To, to, to open the game. And of course, you know, in, in this specific matchup, a lot of game of runs, you know, guys were able to sort of push and pull and push and pull and all that kind of stuff. But ultimately the Raptors were able to get this thing done. And man, I just have to say like, it's, um, 
<laughs> it's stressful watching these games, man. This is a real, real stressful kind of thing. But, you know, they, they're able to get it done. And, and, and again, I just, I'm happy for Fred. Like, honestly, on a, you know, when you see a guy like that who we know he's a better player than what he's shown this season. We know that in crunch time moments, he's made big plays because, you know, we all watched the 2019 finals and all that kind of stuff. To see him miss on so many of those shots this year where it's like clutch three, we need this type of scenario and him and he's giving us Patrick Patterson results like that's hard to watch, right? Because what else can you really do? You can only run the offense, get good looks and trust that a good shooter can knock those down. And he just hasn't this year. And he was even looking like that and the stretch of down the stretch of the game. Like if somehow it was a two point game and DeLon Ray gets that three and you lose an, you know, in, in regulation, we would have we would have. Like, nobody would have said anything about how good Fred played over the course of the game. It would have just been about, you know, Fred missing shots once again. And we've seen, like, for, I don't know, like, three, four months, just, like, a continuous hate fest around Fred. And he deserved this kind of moment, man. He, he fought, especially in this game, he fought really hard, battled, like, like hell on defense, on switches, on whatever. And they were trying to target him, and I thought that was not a good idea. Bradley Beal had seven of 24, uh, 22 shooting with, with five turnovers. Not all of that against Fred, and he had 10 assists, to, to be fair. But, you know, like, you know, Fred was doing a great job on ball. No one can watch the game of this and, and, and deny that. Um, but, you know, to have the, the threes and just actually complete the whole game. I, I thought he had so many of these type of performances last season, especially in the first half of the year. Uh, that got him to the All-Star game. And then since that point, he hasn't had nearly as many of those moments. But tonight, he delivers and played a great game. And he's your first star from tonight's performance. 25 points, 4 rebounds, 10 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, 9 of 16 shooting, 6 of 11 from the field, or from the 3 as well, 40, uh, uh, in 40 minutes. Hit a buzzer beater in, in, the, first, um, in the first half, which was, which was nice to see. Um, short shot clock scenario. I think like 4.9 seconds, him and Scotty go give and go on the full length of the floor for a three. Um, that was beautiful. The playmaking was great. The defense was great. No turnovers was great. I mean, yeah, man. <laughs> Very good player, that fair man, Uh Second star is going to go to, it's going to go to Gary for me. Um, yeah, man, I, I loved it. 26 points, five rebounds, four assists, two steals, 11 of 18 shooting off the bench, four of seven from the three-point line. I loved how engaged he was. Definitely earned the right to finish the game. I like that Nick Nurse for the second time in three games since benching Gary has finished the game with Gary. Like, it's important who starts. And definitely, I think Yak gives you a better matchup. Like, why would you not start Yak in this matchup, for example? Like, they have Przingis and Gafford. You know, like, and Kuzma is their three. Like, they got a big front line. Of course, you got to start Jacoproto. Most times, it makes sense to start Jacoproto. To be honest, he's one of your five best players. Start Jacoproto. But you have to adjust as the game goes on. And, yeah, the Raptors, you know, I mean, look, listen, it was a simple decision, but it was also the right one um, to to finish with Gary. And I thought he delivered great moments. Um, continue to run plays for him. I think there's more opportunities for the Raptors to run set offense for him. I think this will get him more efficient, and I think it's going to give the bench structure. Like, before this, all season, the Raptors have not had a single guy that you can quote-unquote run offense for off the bench for Gary Trent Jr. Like, uh, until Gary got there, right? You couldn't run, play, you can run like a Thad Young post-up, but that's not really like a scoring type of play. That's and, and it's not a consistent type of play unless you're playing like the Detroit Pistons or something. No offense to Thad, right? But you couldn't run plays for Chris. You couldn't run plays for Precious. You couldn't run plays for Malachi. You couldn't run plays for Delano. You couldn't run plays for Jeff Dowden. You couldn't run plays for Wancho. You couldn't run plays for Kem Birch. Like, you, you can't run plays for these guys. You can actually run plays 
for Gary. So continue to do that. I like the adjustments that they made. And also, by the way, on a coaching perspective, I like that the Raptors had a bunch more zone counters against Washington. You know why Washington didn't play a lot more zone? Because the Raptors got great counters against their zone, right? Why did Fred get going from three? Because he was the movement shooter, switching ends of the floor, coming around screens, and getting open looks against Washington zone. Or Gary was getting open looks against Washington zone, you know? So... You know, the Wizards tried to zone again against the Raptors, but they did a great job of beating that zone tonight, um, which is, again, great adjustments that you expect to see from Nick Nurse between games, right? You have these games where we've talked about all season. It's very hard to win both. That's part of the reason why. You come up with a great game plan, like I thought Wizards did, in game one, second game, not as much. And to be honest, I know I praised Washington's coaching staff about how hard the Wizards were playing for them, and I thought Wizards were playing hard for Washington uh, for, for the coach once again tonight. But if I were a fan of the Wizards and I was watching the fourth quarter offense and overtime, just the same play over and over again, like, you know, I, 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 I might be a little pissed. But listen, it, it is what it is. Anyway, um, your third star from tonight's game, that one's a little harder to pick. Um, you know, I thought Pascal has a case for this. I think Scotty has a bit of a case for this. I think Jakob has a case for this. Um, I, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I think I'm also going to go with... Uh, I think I'll ultimately go with Pascal for this. I, I think um, I'm just looking at the four steals. And I think maybe overall in the eye test for me, I felt like Scotty actually played better defense than Pascal. But I don't know. Four steals is kind of standing out, man. Also seven assists, four rebounds. I mean, look, listen, it's, it's kind of even. You can go with either of these two guys. And you could really make a case. Scotty only committed one foul. Only had one turnover, although that turnover was fairly memorable. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it wasn't an elite game from Pascal by any means. But 15 points, four rebounds, seven assists, four steals. You know, pretty good. Made all his free throws. Um, yeah. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson award winner, that's going to go to DeLon Wright. You know, um, as Serge used to call him, DeLontino. Um, you know, 18 points, six rebounds, seven assists, six steals, a block, six of 10 from the field, four of six from the three, uh, three point line. Man, it was awesome. And, and this is the thing like, the Raptors were definitely liberally helping off of like DeLon, right? If DeLon wasn't involved in the ball screen, Fred was going to help off and, and, and try to, you know, disrupt. Kuzma's drives, disrupt Porzingis' drives, definitely disrupt Bradley Beal's drives. And that was good, except for the fact that you then need DeLon to actually miss the open looks. And DeLon just would not miss the open looks, including the one to send him to overtime. Did a great job setting the table. Obviously, his pesky defense. I mean, he was also a, a good rover on defense as well. Um, you know, he, he played the role awesomely, man. And honestly, the way I'm watching this game, and I'm thinking about it, I was like... If I could just get the entire bench mob back together for this season, and whatever, someone's gonna obviously have to play the role for CJ Miles because he's he's out of the league. But um, yeah, the the bench mob would be a fifty win team in my mind. Like I actually don't doubt that. Like they would be really good. Like you're telling me you have four of your like if you had like Fred, Delon, Yak, Pascal, uh, and Norm. Let's just say Norm. Okay, and then you had somebody else who was the designated shooter for CJ Miles. Let's just say, like, I don't know, Corey Kisper or something. Like, like, that would be a really good group to play through. I think they're probably a little bit small. You probably need OG and Obi with that group anyway. He wasn't part of the bench mob because he was um, starting with that group. However, he was on the bench mob episode of How Hungry Are You with Surge. So I'm counting him as part of the bench mob. That'd be pretty damn good, man. That'd be a pretty good group. But regardless, you know, um, yeah, just... 
It's a hard-fought game, nerve-wracking game, but the Raptors get it done and uh, feel a lot of relief. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. And, yeah, the Raptors show will be back to you uh, next Monday. 